folks, many of you have asked to do an episode on this competitive exams, how to crack the competitive exams like GMAT, GRE and SAT. And today we are proud to bring you an episode which is going to cover GMAT, GRE and SAT training. And uh, let's chat with uh, Kalaiwani Radhakrishnan in today's episode. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks, I'm your host, Navin Samala. Just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Through the Guiding Voice, we help and enable successful leaders share their knowledge and wisdom with the world. And our audience will acquire more knowledge for every minute by tuning into the Guiding Voice than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we are extremely pleased to have Kalai part of the Guiding Voice journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Kalai, super excited to have you as part of the, the Guiding Voice journey. And uh, it's so nice to have this conversation. And I'm glad you joined us. Thank you so much, uh, Naveen. Very grateful for the opportunity to talk to all the TGV uh, listeners. Looking forward to have a fantastic podcast. Wonderful. So, Kalai, let's start uh, with your career journey. You are an engineer turned EA and uh, maybe I will talk about the EA aspect later. But uh, what are the top three things that have helped you so far in your professional uh, life? Yeah. So, as you mentioned, like I've had a, a quite a few transitions in my career. So, if I have to share the number one thing that has helped me is the openness to change. I would like to quote the words of evolutionary biologist Charles Darwin. Like, you know, uh, it is not the greatest of the species that survive, not the most intelligent, but the ones that is most responsive to change. Uh, so being a computer engineer, I was aware that you, you know, the tech space changes at a faster pace and to succeed in the industry, one should be adaptable to changes. Interestingly, my career trajectory also had a lot of changes, you know, in terms of the roles that I have played and the industries that I have worked in. I started as a software developer, then transitioned into being a trainer and then moved to management as a process excellence manager. And then I became an executive assistant to senior leadership. So I think I was able to do justice to all these transitions because I understood the importance of being open to change. So that's the number uh, one thing that I would like to share. Number two is learning. You know, if you ask me, I see each and every day as an opportunity to learn something new. Uh, when I say learning, it is not just limit, limited to the books. Uh, you know, you can learn from blogs, articles, videos, podcasts like ours, and even from observing other people. You know, for example, uh, you know, you can learn from your boss as to how he or she conducts themselves in a meeting. You know, all these are learning. And I think the ability to learn will accelerate one's career growth. You have a lot of sources to learn from in this digital world. But, you know, the mindset to learn is what is important. And the last but not the least, uh, the most important thing that I would uh, accredit to for my career is networking. Um, I think networking is an underestimated skill, you know, uh, because whatever systems and technologies you have in place, end of the day, the decision makers are going to be people. Uh, you know, whether you want to change or get a new job, uh, whether you want to start a business and need funds for that, or whether you want to sell a product, you need to know people to get things done. And, uh, uh, you know, to, I always ensure to network with people through as many sources as possible. And uh, interestingly, that's how I got invited to talk here at the Guiding Voice as well. 
that's right yeah i i can see your passion for networking and uh, thanks for uh, sharing your top 3 things now let's move on to the next question i'm really curious like why did you transition from engineer to executive assistant uh yeah so i've always been fascinated by problem solving and i think as an engineer i use my tech skills to solve problems and as an ea i use my managerial skills to solve problems so i think the core purpose of my work uh, still remains the same and uh, yeah and uh, i mean if i have to describe a day in the life of an ea uh it looks very interesting i would say uh people who like to juggle between multiple things who like to try a wide variety of activities will definitely enjoy being an ea so as you all know uh, executive assistants manage the time for the senior leadership and apart from that eas also act as catalysts in various activities in the organization so you know maybe one day you will sit with the hr team and develop strategies to improve employee engagement in the organization and the other day you will be working with the marketing team to execute a campaign so you know it it's like you wear multiple hats within uh, the organization and not two days of the week will be same so it's a highly cross functional role and hence a lot of time goes into communication uh, you know in person as well as over emails and over the phone <laughs> so which means uh, you enjoy the company of senior leaders you are always interacting with them and what are some traits that you observed in great leaders that you started working with as an executive assistant i think one of the perks of being the ea is the opportunity to interact with senior leaders like you know investors board members cxos vps and avps from my observation a common trait that i can see in all of them is that they really really respect time uh, not just their time but also others so i would say it's basically like they are investing time in activities and they plan and prioritize it based on the impact that their time can create in the organization you know it's more like the return of investment for their time is the impact created and another quality that i personally admire the most is the mindful listening that they do you know all the senior leaders that i have worked with have been great listeners and they can extract information from even an emotionally charged conversation you know like someone can try and talk or talk and really still the leaders you know they can stay calm and they can extract the facts from the conversation uh, it's interesting because we tend to listen to someone who listens to us so when you talk to a senior leader and they patiently listen to you you tend to agree with them when they talk you know that sort of justifies why they are the senior leaders that's great kalai let's now switch to the core of today's topic gre gmat and sat what are these tests all about can you shed some light sure so gmat gre sat all of these are examinations taken by candidates who want to study abroad uh, you know especially in the us and in the western countries uh, sat is for undergraduate uh, students and gre and gmat are for post graduation programs let's let's talk about the ug aspect let's talk about sat first so sat stands for scholastic assessment test it's a standardized examination conducted for the undergraduate ex- admissions abroad so it is conducted by a non profit organization called college board it's an offline test and uh, in india it is administered five times in a year uh, in the months of march may august october and december so if you are in a different country the dates and months can vary 
So SAT basically tests the writing, reading, and mathematical skills of the students. And usually the results are posted within two months from the test day. When I talk from the PG aspect, we have two exams here, GRE and GMAT. Uh, GRE is graduate record examination. It's the test taken by people who want to pursue their master's and PhD programs abroad. You can see a lot of engineers taking this test for their MS admissions. You know, it's a very common thing that you can see. It is conducted by a non-profit organization called ETS, Educational Testing Service. It's an online examination that can be taken in the test center anytime based on the availability of the slots. And this exam is section adaptive, which means the difficulty level of the next section will be based on the difficulty level of the previous uh, section. And you also have GMAT as an option for uh, people who want to pursue PG. Uh, GMAT is Graduate Management Admissions Test. And as the name suggests, it's taken for uh, getting admitted into management programs in abroad universities and even for certain B schools in India. Uh, it is conducted by Graduate Management Admission Council. And like GRE, this is also an online examination that can be taken in the test center anytime of the year based on slot availability. So one key difference between GRE and GMAT is that GMAT is question adaptive. Like the difficulty level of the next question is based on how you answer the correct, current one. So both your GRE and GMAT, uh, you know, test the analytical capabilities, verbal and quantitative reasoning of the candidates. To put it in simple words, it tests for your English and math capabilities. Uh, usually, once you write the exam online, the results are available within three weeks. And uh, uh, these days, certain B schools and uh, management institutions have started accepting GRE scores as well, you know, in the place of GMAT. Usually, you can see a lot of students taking these exams in the month of August, September, October because it aligns with the fall deadline that most of the students aspire to go. And, you know, it also gives them ample time to focus on the other aspects of the application. And uh, one thing that I want to insist is, uh, please note that for all these exams, the only valid ID proof that has to be carried is the candidate's passport. So if you don't have a passport and you want to take any of these exams, kindly, uh, you know, apply for the passport as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks for those insights, Kalai. Now, let's talk about the eligibility criteria for these exams and also understand the scoring patterns, like what makes a good score in order to get admission in some uh, top B schools or reputed colleges and universities? Sure. So uh, when I talk about eligibility criteria, there is no specific criteria to be met for taking these exams. However, we can see trends from, uh, you know, the previous test takers, uh, right? So for example, uh, if you take SAT, uh, most of the students who appear for the exam are class 10 and 11 students, uh, you know, because people want to focus exclusively on the board examinations uh, for class 12, and they want to finish off the exam, uh, SAT exams, uh, you know, prior to that. And also the SAT scores are valid for five years, and the concepts that appear in the exam are all covered in our school syllabus, I would say, by class 8 or 9. So from a scoring aspect, SAT is scored on a scale of 400 to 1,600, uh, which is like 400 is like 0 and 1,600 is the perfect score. You know, they want to keep the scores normalized. 
and that's the reason it's not scaled from zero to hundred or something. So yeah, uh, four hundred to thousand six hundred, where two hundred to eight hundred goes for math and two hundred to eight hundred goes for English. And these points are incremented by ten points. Like for example, uh, you can have SAT scores as four hundred, four hundred and ten, four hundred and twenty, and so on. Like you don't have scores like four fifteen or four twelve. Apart from the uh, you know summary score on a scale of thousand six hundred, College Board also gives cross test score. So cross test score means uh, like you know uh, analysis in science and analysis in history and social science on a scale of ten to forty, and you have a bunch of derived sub scores uh, that help the admission panel uh, to decide what are the strengths of the particular student while while considering for the admission. You know some specific areas that get sub score are expression of ideas. Standard English conventions. These two are from the English aspect of the exam, and part of algebra, passport to advanced math, problem solving, and data analysis. All these are from the math aspect of the exam, and these are all scaled from one to fifty. Uh, so this is all about SAT. On the other hand, GRE is usually given by the third year students of the college as they want to focus on placements and finally a projects in the fourth year. The GRE score has three components: analytical writing assessment on a scale of zero to six, which is incremented by 0.5, and you have verbal reasoning on a scale of 130 to 170, where 130 is equivalent to zero and 170 is the perfect score, incremented by one point. And similarly, quantitative reasoning on a scale of 130 to 170, incremented by one point. Now, uh, talking about GMAT. Working professionals with less than two years of experience uh, are the majority of the GMAT uh, candidates. Uh, you know, your GMAT score has three components: analytical writing assessment on a scale of zero to six, incremented by point five, just like GRE. You have the next component, which is integrated reasoning on a scale of one to eight, incremented by one point, and the composite score on a scale of two hundred to eight hundred, incremented by ten points. So integrated reasoning is the ability to comprehend big big passages and analyze the data given, and the composite score is just an indicator of the verbal and quantitative reasoning. I've given you all the numbers associated with these exams, and to simply summarize how the scoring system works is, all the uh, test scores are a function of the number of questions you answer correctly, which we call as the raw score. And the difficulty level of the question that appears in the exam, like all of these three tests are standardized tests, which means there is a balance between the difficulty level and the evaluation, right? So if you get a harder paper, your evaluation is lenient, and if you get a simpler paper, your evaluation is going to be slightly harder. So it's a function of raw score and the number of uh, and the difficulty level of the question, and um, All of these tests follow their own algorithm to map the raw score with the respective scaled scores mentioned earlier, based on the difficulty level of the question. Yeah, this is uh, very comprehensive, and thank you so much for sharing. And now, uh, since you are a GRE, GMAT, and SAT trainer, and you have been training hundreds and thousands of students so far, how can people crack these exams? So, how should somebody approach uh, preparing for these? Sure. I would say time management is the key. 
you know because all the concepts and uh, formula properties everything is something that you would have learnt in your school uh, even if you want to appear for gmat exam the mathematical concepts tested are probably covered by class 9 i would say so time management is the differentiator between a successful test taker and a normal one and uh, so i would uh, request everybody to practice always with a timer otherwise it is as good as solving a whatsapp forward puzzle you know it doesn't really add up to the preparation of a competitive examination and uh, with respect to the content uh, you know you have a lot of sources available online and uh, you know paid as well as free and if the student requires uh, you know additional support in preparation they can very well take professional help from a trainer or a mentor and uh, one important thing that i want to highlight is these exams are more about how good you are as a test taker than knowing a lot of concepts so take as many practice tests as possible before going to the actual exam and uh, i suggest my students to take at least five tests before going to the actual exam because that will uh, mentally prepare you and uh, you know you can be as focused at the last minute of the exam as you were at the first when you practice taking full length test so that's about the preparation mm-hmm. that's an excellent advice in fact uh, i can relate to that when i wrote uh, engineering entrance exam i i faced a lot of uh, challenge in terms of managing the time and all in case uh, if i practiced probably i would have got a better rank than what i scored for sure right. yeah this is an excellent uh, tip and uh, let's switch gears and uh, kalai talk about your doodling and writing journey so what has inspired and what do you doodle and what do you write about so i mean these are my two hobbies i would say so i've been inspired by my maternal grandmother to make rangolis or in tamil they call kolams since my school days i was intrigued by the intersection of math and creativity in rangoli making and i started exploring other mediums because not always you will get the opportunity to go and make a rangoli right and eventually i ended up you know doodling uh, on paper i doodle under the pen name the doodle princess i think doodles help me to channelize my emotions and you know help me connect with others and even with myself i would say and uh, i'm grateful that i get noticed for this skill and i've been fortunate that i designed the uh, covers of two books that are published and uh, my work is also featured in the world's largest virtual gallery uh, certified by the world book of records uk writing is another hobby and uh, you know there is i don't really have a methodical approach towards writing i write when i feel like and uh, as as of now i have three of my write ups that are published in books mm-hmm. excellent so you designed two book covers uh, right uh, that that's great and here is a public request <laughs> i know it might be a surprise to you but we are in the process of writing a book on tgv journey so far like we are going to of course this is the first time i'm sharing so openly in a public forum on a podcast but i would love if you could come up with a design <laughs> oh definitely i would love to do that wonderful yeah let's let's talk about it offline and now kalai talking about the other aspect like you you are a kind of multifaceted personality that's what i have seen by going through your linkedin profile and i was super impressed like you said uh, your your weekly routine mandatorily includes reading gardening meditating 
and cycling how do you balance and manage stuff isn't it hard i don't feel like an uh, you know external effort because i have made all these as my habits uh, so nothing additional that i do to uh, you know uh, do all these stuff Uh, so I have a small terrace garden, uh, which I visit in the morning, and I water the plants every morning. And I sit and meditate there. It is very serene uh, in the morning. You have the birds chirping and all. It's so lovely to sit and meditate. And then I start my day. And uh, before I go to bed, I ensure that I read at least for ten minutes uh, a day. And uh, that's how I manage these three things. and cycling is a recent hobby hobby i started it uh, uh, since last year september and it's so much fun uh, so i mean it's a little difficult to manage cycling so what i do is i have a weekly minimum distance that i want to cover and i plan my schedule and uh, uh, you know take time out of it to accomplish that mm-hmm. excellent all right so this has been a fabulous and insightful conversation so far and uh, i am going to kick off a quick rapid fire round with your consent is that okay sure all right so let's spice up the episode so that our audience get a chance to get to know other side of kalai all right so kalai here comes my first question <laughs> do you kill bugs you find inside or take them outside I kill it inside because I'm scared it will come back again if I leave it out. Fair enough. <laughs> What is the best piece of advice you received so far? Ah, uh, stay calm in any situation because that helps to process and uh, respond accordingly to the situation. When you get tensed, uh, you know you tend to mess up things as well. Mm-hmm. All right, great. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. What is the last craft that you made? Uh I made a 3D greeting card for my friend's wedding. Mhm. Excellent. Your friend must be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you could be transformed into one animal, which one would you choose? I would like to be transformed into a beaver because it's the nature's engineer. I would like to see the world from from the beaver eyes. Eyes. Mhm. Excellent. Moving on to the last one for the rapid fire. What is one electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? Ah, uh, nothing like invent, but I would like to add a feature in the uh, Ola Uber apps. You know, if if there is a drag and drop for the cars as well, that would be fantastic. Ah, uh, because the waiting time is too high these days. Mm-hmm. Excellent. excellent so yeah that has been a great rapid fire round and with that uh, let's go back to the mainstream and i want to ask you one final question for today's conversation what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers i would say consistency of efforts that's the most critical aspect for success uh, whatever is your goal whatever is your ambition ensure that the efforts that you take are consistent it shouldn't be like one day you feel all motivated and you do a lot of stuff on the other days you know you just go into stealth mode that's not uh, really going to fetch you success so consistency of efforts because that's what differentiates legends from others that's a great piece of advice and uh, thank you so much kalai for joining us today it has been great talking to you and thank you for all the insights shared and i'm sure this is going to help our audience who are aspiring to crack gmat gre and sat exam thanks again thank you so much navi 
All right. So, folks, before we move into the trivia section, here is a small request to you. Please subscribe to us from the app where you have tuned in from, in case if you haven't done already, so that you'll be notified about future episodes. We launch two episodes per week, and Tuesdays are mainly focused on personal transformation and self-help, soft skills development, so on and so forth. Whereas Thursdays, we call them as uh, Tech Thursdays, wherein we feature tech, contemporary technology-related topics and also cover entrepreneurial journey. All right. So, also, if you have loved this episode and found it useful, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. Thank you so much in advance. Now, let's cruise into the previous segment of today's episode. So, today we spoke about three exams: SAT, GRE, and GMAT. In fact, uh, there is a question that every student has thought of in their student life: Who in the world invented this system called examination? And I'm sure. you must also be thinking about it that's why i'm presenting you a fact about who invented the exams the guy who invented exams is a french philosopher named henry fischel and he has taught in various countries like the united states great britain and so on in case if you have any topic suggestions i uh, request you to drop me a note on my email theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com or reach out to us through any social media platforms that's all for today thank you so much for joining guys i'm navin samala a fellow it professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the lives and careers of millions across the globe until next time bye bye